it's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 610 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I talk with Dan Price from Bigfoot Nose Karate, Hinnigan, which is on Kickstarter. Dan is an accomplished comics creator who has worked on several indie comics projects, including Bigfoot Nose Karate, Latex Avenger, Halloween Man Meets Latex Avenger, Master of the Obvious, and Excelsi-ish for the Stanley Foundation. His latest Kickstarter project is indeed Bigfoot Knows Karate Hinnigan, which is described this way. Bigfoot must overcome a creature of incredible power in feudal Japan. Think Godzilla vs. Kong meets Kill Bill. We discuss how this project came to be, how it fits in the Bigfoot Knows Karate scheme of things, and what we can expect from Dan in the future. This Kickstarter will conclude soon, Friday, October 20, at 8.01 p.m., so be sure to back it once you listen to our fun conversation. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. Feudal Japan, a rural village lives in fear of a savage monster of legend. A lone cryptid champion is sent to vanquish the creature at all costs, but for what purpose? Alliances are formed, enemies are revealed, heads will roll. You may call him Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, or even Benny, but first he was Hinnigan. And that's what's going on right now on Kickstarter, and I'm talking to one of the creators, Dan Price. How you doing, Dan? Hey, Wayne, thanks so much for having me on tonight. Doing great. It's good to talk with you. Now, um, I, I want to get the, 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 the timeline right here. The, the Hennigan one, this is a prequel to the ones that have already been released, right? This is correct. Okay. So talk to me about, uh, let's back up and talk about how this whole series came to be. Bigfoot knows karate, which are, Two of those words are not words I usually hear in the same sentence. Uh, Bigfoot and Karagi, I don't hear that very often, so I'm kind of intrigued. Where did the concept come from? Sure. Um, So originally I got my start in comics doing like comedy comics, satires, parodies, things of that nature. And this was going to live in a already set universe that I had already done with my first two series. And it was uh, that was full superhero satire on steroids, turned up to 11, you know, family guy style. And that's, and this was just going to be a character that showed up in those books that did karate, you know, as a Bigfoot that did karate. And that was, and it was just silly. I mean, it was really silly. I had started uh, writing the story for it and it just didn't work. The whole thing, it wasn't funny to me. And so I shelved it. That was around 2014, 2015. But I had the words Bigfoot Nose Karate pinned up on the wall in my office the whole time. And so in around 2017, I started redrawing the character. But this time, I started drawing this sadder, more introspective character. 
and you know, just with these gaunt eyes and just, I started thinking about what the character was about. And if you were the only one of your kind and nobody knew you existed and you, the world, you know, you, you're, you're alone in the world. What would that do to you? And what would that do to your psyche? And you know, karate. So that's kind of like that, that. And so I just started doing these drawings and, um, you know, around 2018, I started posting the, uh, the illustrations to, uh, to Instagram because I, I love Instagram. That's where, you know, our fan base has really, you know, come from. And, uh, my friend Casey Allen, who is the head of the Comic Jam, which is an online comics workshop for writers and artists. Uh, and that's how we met through the workshop. Uh, he saw what I was drawing and he said to me, hey, what what is that? And I said, this Bigfoot knows karate. And, you know, and he laughed and he said, what are you going to do with it? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know yet. You know, I was tinkering with stories. But the problem was, is that everything that, you know, when you see something doing martial arts out of the ordinary, it's always kind of the same storyline, whether, you know, that, that, you know, there's a revenge plot and that sort of thing, and, you know, or, you know, somebody gets you know, the, the character, the, you know, like the karate kid, you know, Daniel's son gets hurt and the master trains him up and he gets his revenge and wins and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't want to do that. Like, that was the thing. This was so different that it could not be that. And so um, I took my sweet time just coming up with an ideas with, with ideas for what the story was going to be. And Casey was basically saying to me, come on, dude hurry up already. Whatever you come up with, I'll be your editor. I'll do this with you. We're going to have a great time. And I said, okay. And I dropped like a five issue Bible on him. Like, no, I wouldn't say, you know, fully fleshed out, but it was like, it was a lot of pages and, uh, you know, showing him where I wanted to go and what I was going to do. And I sent him like an eight page proof of concept story, which is the first uh, or seven pages, eight pages of the, of the comic of issue one. And I sent him that and I sent him the, I sent him the Bible and I said, you know, this is what I've got here. And he was like, you know, I can't, I don't know what language we can use on this, but he was like, holy blank, you know, and, uh, sorry for the dogs. Um, and, uh, you know, so he, uh, he, he and I started speaking, you know, more about it and he was helping me figure it out. And basically he was coming up with some great ideas, including the name of the big bad in the first issue, Kung Fu Thulu. That, um, you know, it was, it was, we were working so well together and it's kind of like, uh, I always liken Bigfoot knows karate to like chocolate and peanut butter, like a Reese's peanut butter cup. You, they're two great things and that really does go great together. (laughs) Casey and I, we really just went great together, you know? And so he came on as a co-writer and we've been, you know, it's like, um, it's like playing ping pong. We're just like bouncing this. Bigfoot back and forth across the net like constantly and it's it, this is how it, the genesis of how it all kind of came together and uh yeah no looking back right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first two you, you had big success with the first two issues on kickstarter right yeah we did really good i mean really i mean blew my expectation that's for sure um we uh we were really lucky, be, you know, like I mentioned, the Instagram community before. They really got behind us. They really got behind the character. And, I mean, to the tune of, like, we received, like, 60 pieces of fan art before the first book even went to Kickstarter. Wow. It was crazy. 
And I mean, it's over 150 plus pieces today. And, uh, you know, it's just people who have taken the time out of their lives, out of their busy schedules, wives, kids, wives, husbands, whoever, you know, that, you know, all the things that they have going on and you know, worked now, you know, what, you know, and took the time to draw your character, character that they never even saw the book for in the first place. That was mind blowing. I had an anxiety attack one night. My wife will tell you all about it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, cause I mean, it, you know, what if the book isn't any good? What if, you know, they did all the time, took all the time to, to draw this character and the book's no good. What you know, I mean, that was a real big thing for me because I mean, I'm co-writing the story. I'm drawing the story and I'm, you know, I was, I'm freaking out a little and it was, uh, but man, you know, the Instagram community and people on Twitter and people who found us on Kickstarter or just wherever, I mean, just so grateful for it because, um, I mean, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to be here right now doing this if it wasn't for them. Hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I got a chance sure. to interview, interview Scott Snyder, uh, who's, who's oh, well awesome. known for Batman and stuff like that. And I, I, I did some, when I first interviewed him, it was just before the new 52 stuff was going to come out. And you know, he's gotten all these orders are coming in, all these massive quantities and stuff. And he literally told me when I was interviewed, he said, I'm a little scared about all this. And I said, well, why? He says, I I'm afraid they're going to let all these people down. I mean, here's all these numbers coming in, and I'm not sure they're going to like what, the what I give them. And I said, well, there's a reason why those numbers are so high is because we want to read the stories you're going to tell us. And, you know, we're, we're happy to, to do that. And, and we've seen you write Batman before, so we're, we're anxious to see what other stories you have in mind. And, of course, he, I always consider he and, uh, and, uh, and the artists that work with them as the gold standard for Batman these days. But I got a kick because you're saying some of the same things that he said to me, that there was some trepidation. And, you know, because comic creation is such a solitary thing, you know, you don't know it's good until you get it and people get a look at it. And by then it's too late. You know, they, they, they see it, <laughs> you know? And so it's, you know, you're very nervous about these things, but you know, sometimes I think it's just great when actually it gets out there and it exceeds your expectations like yours was. That was a, I'm so happy when those kinds of things happen. When I first got into comics in like 2007, it was a whole different ball game, especially because you were working in a vacuum, you know, their social media wasn't what it is now. And you were, you would, um, you would, you would, you would live and die show to show. You know, that was the convention to convention. That's how you got, you were able to get any sort of barometer of what you were doing. Luckily for me and so many other creators today, you know, we have, we have social to be able to drop down ideas and get some feedback and see if we're moving in a good direction or not. Instagram was cool because I was doing Instagram live draws. I'd be drawing pages on Instagram live and people would come in and check out the, you know, what was going on. And I'm very strategic about what I put on an Instagram live. Like if I'm drawing a panel, well, all the other panels are turned off and probably most of the other elements are turned off and I'll just work on one figure while I'm in the live and just take it from, you know, from, you know, blue lines to color. And I'll just insert it in where I need to. Cause I work in Adobe illustrator anyway, so I can just move things around as needed. And uh, so the live draws were really cool to grab, you know, to grab an audience, you know, and get them be able to engage with people. You know, that was a lot of fun. And then we, um, because the Instagram community was so great, we ended up doing an Instagram live launch party uh, for the first book and then subsequently for the second book as well. 
and it was uh, it was an opportunity for us to talk with other creators, talk with fans of the book, and have them come in and out of the live and get to interact with a lot of people, whether they were on the live stream or they were in the chat, you know. And that was cool because we ended up funding our first book, and uh, it was a thousand dollar goal. We funded it in seven minutes, and you know that's. Thank you, Instagram. You know, thank you, Kickstarter, because <laughs> it, it's really it was it was a humbling experience to say the least. Because a lot of times when people are on there, and I always talk about the about the, the the refresh, refresh, refresh that the people do when they're running Kickstarters, they're they're sitting there going, "Is anybody ever going to you know support my my project ever again?" And they refresh, and nothing changes, and refresh, and nothing changes, and they refresh, and nothing changes, and they're terrified that it's that nobody's ever going to support this thing, and they're never going to hit their goal. So it, it's nice when those kind of things happen. Treasure them because. Oh yeah. They they don't always happen. They don't always happen again, and that's you know part of why I'm nervous for this campaign too. You know what I mean? Like every other book that we work on, issue two, issue. You know, I mean, you know, there it's you can get lucky, and you know, and you can repeat it if you're you know, and then you can then you start to work on streak. You know, then you build some credibility. But right now, you know, we're just trying to you know find our way in comics. You know, with this book and. Uh, really, you know, just focus on bringing something different today to the table. You know, Casey and I, we worked on two books together and now we've got Adam uh, Caswell with us. Who's doing the, uh, who's our, our, our cover artist on the deluxe editions of issue one and two, you know, we've got him on the team now doing artwork on the one shot. And so it's neat watching for me, it's neat watching, you know, people get to play with your toys and, you know, and have some fun with, you know, and with your characters and, you know, and in case, because Casey's taking the, the lead on this book. And it, it's, it's just a wild experience, Wayne. Yeah, people, play, people play in your sandbox. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm not much of a person who's like, you know, oh, just, you know, that's not the way I would do it. Get all angry about it because it's, uh, you know, this is, why you collaborate with people to see what they'll bring to the table with it. And, uh, you know, Casey's been working, you know, side by side with me on book on books one and two and, you know, subsequently on three and et cetera. But um, to be able to, Casey's a great writer, you know, in his own right with, you know, without me, he, you know, he, he does such a great job. So why not let him, you know, take the lead on this book and let him, you know, tell the story he wants to tell. And, you know, I mean, I helped out, you know, but I'm not, this is, I look at this as Casey's story. Hmm. Because well, I look of it looks great. Well, I see if it looks really great. And I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I'm a kind of guy that wants to know how things got the way they are. So I, unfortunately, I want to always ask questions about this kind of stuff. So let me hit you with a couple of questions. Um, sure. In your universe is... D- how does Bigfoot know karate? Is is he like in Japan? Is that how he? Where is he from? How does this the whole thing start? Oh, see, this was the challenge of writing a prequel book without wanting to tell you know an origin story, because um, the the origin of our character is going to go back a long ways, and you know long further than what the years that this takes place in Hinagon, you know the feudal Japan era. 
Um, don't, don't don't spoil anything. I mean, if, oh, if I'm, I'm asking a question, no, I'm, I'm going to dance around this question. <laughs> like I'm going to tiptoe and dance <laughs> around this question the best I can. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't think the you know how does Bigfoot knows karate? I don't think is as important as you know um, as why maybe um, and you know um, I, it's. I'm really going to dance hard because I'm not ready to go. I'm not really ready to talk about so much of this yet. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like in the, in the, let me kind of backtrack here. Um, in the first issue, we're, we're introduced to, um, at the end of the first issue after he's fought Kung Fu Thulu, um, we, uh, we're introduced to a whole new, uh, a whole new group of people that are, are able to control Bigfoot. And um, with that being said, you know, in issue two, we, we, we go out of the woods and into this, uh, into this, uh, uh, into this, uh, like almost like a, a, a prison situation where you've got, you've gone from this character that, the, that have, nobody knows him. Nobody has ever uh, interacted with him. He's, alone in the alone in the world all to himself to completely surrounded by enemies at every turn why he knows karate how he knows karate isn't the point at this point in the story um but when we get there let me tell you it's gonna knock your socks off wayne i promise you that <laughs> okay because <laughs> uh, how bad I'm... was that <laughs> No, that was good. See, I, 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 I like. Don't mind being teased. I don't want to be spoiled. Uh, if there's things in the right. story that that I don't want, I shouldn't know. Then I don't want to know them. But well, uh, here, I'll put sure. it like this to you. Well, I'll put it like this to you. When we when we when we did the first book, we sold it like this. It, it was Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill with a twist. Bigfoot, Bigfoot versus Kung Fu Thulu and the Ultimate Cryptid Showdown. That's how we sold it. We didn't tell you about the, the the fourth part, you know, the fourth act in the story. And so we're really big on not spoiling people. We want, we, you know, I mean, a show that I really loved until they had to deal with the writer's strike issues was Lost. I thought mm -hmm. Lost was brilliantly written, especially those first three seasons. Um, I thought it was, thought it was absolutely brilliant. They were great at telling the story. Uh, getting asking, getting you to wonder what the you know, get asking questions and getting you to wonder and keep you know watching episode to episode, giving you just enough uh, from episode to episode of new ish, uh, new information to keep you coming back for those questions. That mm. was brilliantly done. Terrible ending with nothing I can do about that. I didn't get to write it. It's not my story to tell. But <laughs> what we are able to do here is tell a story that would you know that would be just as compelling. You know, action, adventure, psychological thriller, a little bit of gore thrown in there for good measure, you know, because, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that we're attracted to. And so we're really trying to put that kind of story together. But it's a Bigfoot. It does karate. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's it's all that. But it's a, a completely different creature having to traverse all of this. Mm hmm. Okay, um, this might be the time for me to tell you a little bit about my thing about Bigfoot. When I was a kid, I, I, I used to, I, if somebody would mention Bigfoot before I go to bed at night, I could not sleep the whole night. 
because I was terrified uh, that a Bigfoot would be around someplace. And I'd have to sleep near my parents or something. It took me years to get past that. And so whenever oh, wow. Bigfoot, Whenever Bigfoot's involved, I get a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the, the whole business with me is I'm trying to to put a grasp. And see, like, for example, like in, in the first issue, there's this uh, one illustration that got me. He's fighting two humans. And, of course, he, he bests them. And he's, he's, he's standing there in a pose and there's blood dripping all over the place. But there's a butterfly flying by. Right. So, so it, it's this really interesting mix of natural and unnatural, at least from our perspective, to it. So I, I'm just fascinated by this whole business. And uh, it's it's really something because uh, I just, to this day, somebody mentions Bigfoot. I want I sit and stop whatever I'm doing and read it because I just, I want to know what, what's this got to do with it because I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole business. So this is why I'm kind of worried. Just, how in the world did he ever learn this? <laughs> You know, I think uh, I'm not a believer in Bigfoot. Like, I'll just put that out there now. But when we started working on this project, or I really started writing on it early on, I watched a lot of documentaries on Bigfoot. And um, there were certain things I picked up on, you know, that I took from the lore. The one thing that I really was attracted to was the fact that nobody's actually verified seeing a Bigfoot. I thought that was interesting, you know, which is why I keep thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, how could you see a Bigfoot? Nobody gets to see a Bigfoot. You know, I mean, there are people who have who tell stories of seeing Bigfoot, but, you know, there's nothing, you know, verifiable. You know, there's like videos here and there and that kind of thing. So I was really. Um, who would be lucky enough to be able to see a Bigfoot? You know, who would have that kind of touch? that kind of sight, you know, to allow them to be, to be visible. And there's this inter there's this interchange between the Bigfoot and a bunny. And he's like, and he's in the first issue and he's like, you know, if you, you know, can you see me? Do you see me? And the big, the bunny's looking at him, right, looking right at him. And all of a sudden he gets shot and he gets shot by these hunters. You, the one that you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. but uh, they're not hunting him. They're hunting the bunny. They can't see him. And so the, so he comes up behind them, like phases in like Kitty Pride or you know, something like that, you know. And um, you know, and then becomes visible when he's ready for them to see when he's ready for them to see him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh but there was, you know, one thing that I saw in um in some documentaries and stuff that Casey and I talked about was, you know, where do Bigfoot, where does the Bigfoot go when he's not visible here on Earth? And one of the things that they've talked about is like, you know, one theory about Bigfoot is astral projection. Hmm. And um, we, we actually play with that concept in the comic. Um, where is he when he's not here? The, you know, and uh, there's, there's, a, there's a scene in the first issue and then again in the second issue. And we'll, we'll, we'll go into that more and more as the, as the main art, you know, goes on. So, um, you know, once you start to really get into the storyline, like for me, cause I've been working on this for a while now, the, the karate is almost an afterthought, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cause you've been doing it for so long now. You, you, yeah. it's, it's second yeah, nature. I'm, I'm immersed in it. So now mm -hmm. it's, so it's like, so, I, you know, there's so many parts we want to tell the story and we want to drop these, these hints, you know, as we go, but, uh, 
I can't wait till we really get to sink our teeth into the question that you're asking me. I just can't wait. I know I keep coming back to it, but <laughs> I just don't want to let you down, Wayne. No, well, you know, sometimes I, I, I'd rather be surprised when the right when the time is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many people blow things, you know, uh, and spoil things. And even though I work for major spoilers, I would much rather not be spoiled. I would much rather find out. Now, I do have a couple of the questions I got to get to because this just gets me. Um, how did he get called Benny? I didn't notice that. Okay, so it's in the uh, at the end of the first book. There's the uh, there's a gentleman in uh, a black cloak with a uh, with who has uh, long black tentacles, and uh, he says to him, he says, and I am not looking at the story in, in front of me, but he says to me along the lines of, "Benny, Benny, Benny, you let me down, man." And uh, when we pick up in issue two, uh, when he's in that uh, that compound, that prison situation, uh, he's referred to that uh, multiple times. And so um, we don't know why yet. As readers, we don't know why this is that why why he is being called this. We know that he's been hunted down by a Cthulhu, the new martial arts. We know that the uh, that there was a there was a mysterious kind of group behind it. And so we're 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 peeling back the layers of the onion, revealing more and more as we go. But this is in America, though, right? Sure. Okay, because I'm just curious because uh, karate is not something that people, that Americans know as as well as say other continents. So I just kind of it, it gets me. I, I but you know the two gunmen obviously look like they're in America, so that's what makes me think it's America. But I just I, I'm you know there are uh, Bigfoot like legends all over the place. The Yeti, the all these other things are everywhere in the world. Everybody seems to have one of those. So it's, I'm just, I, I was just sort of wondering if, if it, uh, you know, here I am trying to put the origin together because I, I can't help that. <laughs> but uh, I'll be better just keep reading to find out what the origin is. Let's talk a little about why this is called Bigfoot Nose Karate Hinnegan. Is that then his name? So Hinnegan is actually the Japanese word for Bigfoot. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so since we're 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 doing the uh, story in feudal Japan, uh, the the story is um, well, so the title is derived from that. Uh, the Hinnegan is actually a smaller creature than the than the North American Bigfoot or Yeti, but uh, we're you know they are the 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 lore is very similar from one to the other, and so. You know, by putting him back so many hundreds of years uh, in, into the past in this story, the it is really cool because we get to now extrapolate out. Well, how how far long is the story going? We know we know certain things about him from the first couple of issues, but we're going to get to see more of that in this first and in, in this uh, prequel and see where some of see where some of this some of the things that have happened in issue one and two derive from. It's it's a cool story because it's like it's a one shot. I mean, it literally is. You know that you know what, what we kind of broke it down. You know, there's a small town. There's a uh, there's a preacher that is a, you know out to get the to get the town, and then there's Bigfoot Benny the Hinnegan, whatever you want to call him, and he's there to to protect and to uh, you know with a mission of his own. 
and so it's it's while we've got all these these you know you you know you we're braiding all these uh these you know these stories together in issue one and two in this main story arc that we're working on the we get the opportunity to see you know a snippet of of this bigfoot's life um and the reason we started doing these one shots is because we've we've received you know we've we've met so many talented people that we wanted to be able to do more with our story and give more people you give more to our audience um than just the main story arc um we're you know we we developed we had developed the friendship with Adam uh you know with him doing the cover work and so mm-hmm. having him come on to do a uh to do the one shot was just it just it seemed like a natural fit um mm. so from the creative standpoint um we're doing you know we're we're doing this because we're having the time of our life but from the storyline standpoint we're really just trying to tell a, a really good one shot story that you could really you know that you could look at it as an intro into the main arc or you know if you're a main arc reader then you can you you can definitely you know learn more about what's going on and really get to see it written from a different perspective and told from a different perspective. You don't have to you don't have to deal with me lumbering over case. You know we can't do that. This you know we got to slow you know slow it down or speed it up or whatever. You know and let Casey work at his speed and let Adam do what he does best. It's uh yeah, pretty cool so, stuff. So you get it done when it's done. You put it out when it's getting, when it's done. See, I I I think that as long as you tell people that, people are okay with that. Uh, you know, some comic companies, the bigger ones, wanted to come out every month because it's habitual. But I don't think, especially with indie comics, as long as you tell the fans what you're up to oh, and yeah. when things, then there's very understanding of that. So I I don't. Oh, and yeah, in that situation, you got to have full transparency. You know, I mean, where you are in the book and you got to let people know this is where we are. This is where we're going. And this is when you're going to get it. Um, You know, we're doing really good on pace with the story right now as we as it stands. Uh, The artwork is the book is well over halfway done and it's looking fantastic. And I'm saying this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the artwork's looking great. Script is obviously already done. So um, I'm I will be lettering the books. So I will be starting the lettering very soon. Uh, so we can just do a quick turn when it's time to go. Now we did give ourselves a good, you know, gap on produ- on production time, but we did that to make sure that you know, look, I, we've done two successful Kickstarters before. We've seen what happens. You know what can happen along the way. So you want to set expectation and beat expectation rather than just meet or, you know, break expectation. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah, um, it's very important. So, you know, during the campaign and then subsequently until fulfillment, you know, no, our backers will be getting at least a monthly update on what's happening with the comic always. Great, great. Now, there's some differences between Hindagon and the first two. The first two are big books. Uh, number one is 36 pages, looks like, and number two is 44, and they're full color. But what I read of the Hindigan one, that's 24 pages, and it's black and white. So it's, it, it's, is, it, was, is it up to the creator that you're doing it this way? Is that, is that why you're doing it that way? So the, uh, the big reason was that we wanted to do we wanted to do black and white more than any other reason that to show off Adam's talents. 
it may be, you know, for the work that he's putting out, his work, his black and white work is gorgeous. So we wanted to be able to showcase that and it's natural and it's natural environment and it's natural splendor. But, uh, as far as the shorter story, you know, that was a few different reasons. One, there was no reason to do a longer story, um, for the type of story we we're trying to tell. Uh, it was also economic. Uh, you know, this is an issue one and two. Uh, the artist was really cheap to hire because it was me. Um, so I, um, you know, when you're when you're drawing your your own story, you can you can take it. Yeah, the first issue was thirty pages, and then the second issue was like thirty six, and then there's you know all the other little pages, you know, artwork and stuff in the back of the book. But the main stories were thirty and thirty six pages. So I can afford me at 30 and 36 pages, but, uh, you know, and actually, um, Adams, uh, you know, we've actually, uh, yeah, so we're doing 24 pages and, you know, making sure that everybody's getting taken care of financially, everybody's getting paid, but, uh, and Adam's worth them, you know, what he's, what he's being paid and Casey, everybody's getting taken care of, but I want to make sure that we're not breaking the bank at the same time going to Kickstarter too. Okay. Now this uh, Kickstarter will start uh, the 20th. It has started around the 20th thereabouts. It's going to go about 30 days, you figure. So the middle of November is when it's going to end? Correct. No, okay, middle so of October. Sorry, middle of October. That's right. Uh, so that'll be uh, that'll work out really well for that. And um, I'm just fascinated by it because it's, uh, based on your previous uh, successes, I have a feeling that uh, Hindagun is going to be a big success as well. And so that leads me to a question. I mean, as far as the future of Bigfoot Nose Karate, do you have you must have other stories in mind that once Hindagun is done, you're going to start uh, working on or plotting out. Do you have other yeah. things in store for Bigfoot at that point? So I'm already in production on uh, Bigfoot Nose Karate Chapter Three uh, Hellhound on my trail, and that's the uh, that's the third installment of the main arc. Uh, the um, that's been happening for a while now, working on the on the script of that, and you know starting the drawing process of that. Um, and then yeah, we're gonna do more of these one shots. You know, if Hinnegan, uh is su- uh, successfully funded and we're able to make the book. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do more of these. There's, we're, you know, we're really lucky to be a part of Lesser Known Comics, our publisher, um, who has just so many different talents that we've met there and other people that we've met over Instagram and Twitter and where, you know, the Comic Jam and wherever else. There's, we know so many incredible artists. Why not give them the opportunity to tell an interpretation of a Bigfoot story? And we have storylines, you know, we have story ideas that are set, you know, set into, you know, close to our timeline or further back, you know, and that we want to be able to explore this character. He's, it's so much more than just this Yeti running around going, you know, I mean, it's like, you shouldn't see my arms when I did that way. And I was actually moving them around. Um, it's, it's so much more than that. And it, it's really, uh, there's a lot of, there's a really big, you know, meta narrative going on within the storyline and I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes because I think it's, I think it's unlike a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that's out there. And I think that's in our favor. Well, it's interesting because on many levels, Bigfoot is a blank slate and that allows you to put, 
you know, and, and put story onto him and develop his own universe, basically, with all kinds of things going on with that. So it, it's, it sounds like you've got a lot in mind for Bigfoot moving forward. So that's going to be fun to see. Well, you know, and it's like, and it, it is. And, you know, it's like we've got the character, you know, you, we mentioned Kung Fu Thulu. You know, other characters that we show up in the book, uh, there's a chupacabra with a shotgun. There's um there's a uh, thermo there's a uh, big kaiju named Thermonucleodon who has missiles just growing out of his body. You know there's a, a minis- there's the Minotaur in the second issue that's just a it's just a blood fest between him and the Bigfoot character. So there's lots of cre- different monsters and cryptids and kaiju that we're gonna get to play with throughout the ster- the series. I mean I love our Mothman character, Esprit um, uh, the Seer. He's an incredible character, plus all the human characters that are in there, too. There's a lot of different uh, story. There's a lot of different stories we can tell, and I'm excited to get to each and every one of them. Are you going to – I probably shouldn't ask this, but are you going <laughs> to when – you, when you get to the end of things, are, are you going to then give his origin, or is that going to come somewhere in between, or is that something you don't want to answer? <laughs> Something I don't want to answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in other words, uh, keep reading. That's that's the the answer to that question. Okay. So we'll do with that. Guys. So that'll be good. So um, so if people want to keep up with uh, the stuff that you're up to, how do they do that? On you said Instagram is the place where you do it. Do you do it on other social media or just Instagram? Sure. No, no. Uh, I'm on. Uh, okay. So I'm. My handle is D A N O M Y T E. 139 Dano my 139 and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, I have one of those, uh TikTok, um Threads, I have one of those too. Uh and uh th- that's where you can find me on all those social media channels. If you're on Facebook, you can look up Bigfoot Nose Karate. There is a Bigfoot Nose Karate group on Facebook. Great group of people. Thank you guys. And uh that's where you can find me. You can find Casey at Robots Eat guitar on twitter and instagram and i think he's that on uh i think he's that on uh threads too okay sounds good like i i did want to say before i let you go about how much i enjoy the art and i think the writing is pretty sharp too i, I like when when, when those things come together and make things really interesting to see so it's it's really well done. I have to I put that those words in for it because it really does look terrific, and I and the story seems to be really compelling too. So I think that's really you guys have done a great job. I, I did want to ask though, as far as are you the artist? Are you a storyteller? How, what does Casey do with you? I don't understand how the process works with that. Sure. Okay. So. Um, you know, so the initial idea it was something that I came up with. Okay. And then, so um, I, you know, so I am the artist. So for the main story arc, this first five issues, I'm working as the artist and I'm working as the co-writer. So Casey and I take basically took part, you know, the plot line that I put together. Okay. You know, these are the events that need to happen. We broke them down into a five issues on how, you know, broke it into a five issue arc. What happens then is Casey takes the uh, takes the synopsis and breaks that down and you know breaks that down into a into the plot or into the, uh, the script, and then we then we work back and forth on the script, 
going through and just writing together. I mean, it's, it's, it's so weird to say that, but we literally write together. We write in one document that we share on Google Drive. And we back it. We we he writes in red, I write in blue, and what we like, we finalize in black, and that's how we write. It's it's a different process than I've ever ever worked in in comics before. But I'm really comfortable working in that environment. Casey, you know, was a little hesitant at first, but for me, like for my day job, I work in in, in advertising and marketing. Okay, so you work in a group, you work in a team, you work via committee. Sometimes um, I have written, I've written plays, you know, with well, a play, let's not go crazy. I wrote a play with, with four other writers that we were able to come together to write a piece, you know, like that. And, you know, so I'm used to working in a team environment where multiple people are putting in their two cents and stuff. So, I know a lot of writers probably wouldn't be comfortable doing it, but I was not threatened by this at all because I knew that Casey was brilliant and I knew that he could see this bigger than I could. I'm used to writing comedy comics. I'm used to writing like dick and fart jokes. You know what I mean? Like the, the terrible stuff, part of my language. Um, but, you know, uh, so that was the kind of stuff that I was used to writing. And when you have this idea that you think is it needs to be bigger than what I can just bring to the table, that's Casey. You know, I mean, you you know, Ray Stance, the heart of the Ghostbusters. You know, that's what Venkman says in the movie. Casey's mm-hmm. the heart of the Ghostbusters. That's how I feel about Casey. Like, um, he's so important to this machine, and uh, that's why, like, I, I he's 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 invaluable. Hmm. Well, if it works for you and it makes the product better, then hey, you know, it yeah. doesn't, I, I often ask people, you know, if you're an, uh, if you're an artist or a writer, what do you prefer? And they almost always tell me they're a storyteller. They're not. They don't really yeah. have a preference between either one. And so I think a lot of people are that way now. So yeah, no, cool. I agree with that a hundred percent. Because like, I mean, I'm. That's why it's so easy to have another artist take over the art on the story, I think, you know, because I like, I like come up with, you know, large ideas and, you know, see, see, see them come together. And, you know, I always say to other people in comics, you can't do it all, you know, but I, when I say that, I usually mean you can't be, you, you can't be, you know, your artist, writer, colorist, letterer, as well as your marketer and your publicist and, you know, everything else. Like we, we try and do it all, but it's really hard to do it all by yourself. And so like having Casey and now Adam, you know, and that team. And then we have, we work with Jeff, who is our, you know, PR publicist guy who helps us on that front. There's a lot of things to do in indie comics. You have to wear a lot of hats and, (laughs) um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses and you bring in, you know, you do the things you can to make your strength strong, your strength stronger. And you bring in people to hoist you up when you're, you know, when on the things you're weak at. You know, and so it's uh, having being surrounded by strong teams just makes it that much better. Well, that's great. I, I, it definitely works because what I read of it really sparkles. And I just have to say that keep up what you're doing because as long as it, you guys are happy with the results, I think you're going to find that the fans really enjoy it too. Again, it's Bigfoot Nose Karate Hindagon. 
And it's going to be going until the uh, middle of October. So be sure to get in there and support it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go in that, you know, as fast as the other ones have done, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a big success. So once again, keep up what you're doing, uh, Dan, and I'm looking forward to see what you're going to do in the future. Thank you. Can I just say one more thing real quick? Sure. Um, please go to check us out at lesserknowncomics.com. That is uh, the publisher of Bigfoot Knows Karate. And if you need to know any other things, go to BigfootKnowsKarate.com. You can find everything there, social media and all that stuff, all right there, too. Forgot to mention that earlier. Wanted to get that out there. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol... Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And that's it for this week. Be back next time we'll have another great interview with another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics.